Hallelujah. I'm going to put a question to you before we teach just a little while and preach a little while along with it today. What would happen if we had our faith established to the place that our faith in His faithfulness was established to the place that when we pray, at the moment we're praying, that we don't pray and wait and see. We don't pray and wait and see. The moment we pray, we believe. Jesus taught that is the when and that is the where to release your faith. And that means that faith has to precede prayer. It's not something you try to manifest after you pray. It's something that happens when you pray. And down through my life, I never heard it presented that way, but it's clear in the Scriptures. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. It's not pray and then try to work up faith or hold faith steady. You can stand on the Word before you pray and after you pray, but you need faith developed before you pray so that when you pray you can believe because whatsoever you ask in prayer he taught believing at that moment you me we shall receive John 15 is very clear if you abide in me and my word abides in you you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. There's two things going on when that happens. Number one, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if the Word of God abides in you, you're going to have faith. Amen. Because <laughs> that's how faith comes. It starts with a gift, but it's developed by the Word of God. Living within you and living within me. To every man. That's why there's no excuse for not coming to Christ. It's not I can't believe. It's I won't believe. I refuse to believe. Amen. To every man so that God... Listen, you're saved by faith, by grace through faith. So if God didn't grant the faith to believe to every person, He couldn't hold any person responsible for not believing. But because He has granted faith to everyone, to every man, Every man that's born of a woman in this world is given the measure of faith. God put it in us. We have the capacity to believe the gospel when we hear it. Amen. Isn't that incredible? Aren't you glad that He gave you the capacity to believe Him so that you could receive Him? Amen. As many as believed upon Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Now, if you're going to give up on prayer, you're giving up on God. The moment that you give up on prayer, you're slamming the door on God. And when you slam the door on God, you live like the world about you. The Bible said this fallen world, people are without hope because they are without God in this present world. And when I see Christians that are helpless and feel hopeless on top of their helplessness, then it grieves me. And it doesn't just grieve me. It grieves the Holy Spirit. 
You know, I thought growing up in Pentecost, the only thing you grieved the Holy Spirit if you didn't wear your hair right, if you wore makeup, or you you did this, you went to the show, or you went to the, uh, the they, you know what they call the strawberry festival where they got cows and chickens and and strawberries and whipped cream and. You know, I guess you could get into gluttony with that big old turkey leg. I don't know. Fried Snickers bars and all that kind of stuff. You know you know what they called it when I was in Pentecost years ago? They called it the feast evil. If you go to have any fun, you, you know, if you have any fun, it must be sin. Because if it wasn't sin, it wouldn't be fun. Wasn't a lot of teaching on faith. There's a lot of fear wasn't something to stimulate serving God out of love, but to stimulate serving God or else. Amen? And so people didn't develop in the fruit of the Spirit. They were receiving anointings through the gifts of the Spirit, but not in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So they stayed children, spiritual children. Jesus said, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you shall have you shall have them. Jesus said, Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus, Did not I say unto you, if you would believe, and this tells me how believing works, it means acting on the Word. It doesn't just mean... I heard a preacher preach on the fruit of the Spirit. Had a church with a 10,000 seat sanctuary running about 7,000 people. I heard him preach one Sunday. He had on a, a wonderful suit, three-piece vested back then. Vests are coming back, by the way. Amen. I think I've got a vest at home I might wear when I can button it. Just as, just as soon as I can button it, I'm going to get my freak on. Can you say amen? I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that in church. Give me a fist bump. I got, amen. I, I got to get all dressed up in my preacher clothes like that. But he said, he said, you know something? We live here in central Florida. We live where oranges are grown and orange blossoms come on orange trees. And you go by an orange grove and you smell those blossoms. And blossoms mean that fruit is coming. Those blossoms mean that oranges are going to appear on those trees. He said, I have never, ever in my life pulled my car over at an orange grove out in the country where it's perfectly quiet and heard those orange trees. <laughs> trying to bear fruit. Amen. So I've never heard that. Amen. But he said, I've heard and seen many Christians down through the years trying to love. I got to love him. Oh, Lord, it's so hard to love him. He says, you don't only have to love him, which is very nice and lovable. You got to love your enemy. But you can't do it in yourself. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He can love people through you that you don't even like initially. But you've got to let Him be the Lord and you've got to let Him lead in your life. Well, faith is the same way. You can't believe by trying to believe. Be still and know that I am God. And stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. 
What was God's message to the panic-stricken nation of Israel when they saw Pharaoh's army coming to destroy them all and they had no weapons against them and God hadn't showed up yet? And God hadn't showed up yet. And God had not showed up yet. They would have already come down on them, but the night fell. And when night fell... They were up against the Red Sea and they could see in the distance the greatest standing army in the world at that time. Chariots, horses, and armed soldiers camping. They saw the campfires of thousands of troops and they were unarmed waiting for dawn. Their enemies was going to attack as soon as the sun came up and they felt like they were going to die and their children and their families as soon as the sun came up. So when the sun came up and they're against the Red Sea, they come to Moses, the leader. And they're panic-stricken. And God speaks to Moses. And He said, What do you have in your hand? Because I'm sure Moses was talking to God that night. Amen? He said, what have you got in your hand? He said, a rod. But before he let him do anything with you know what he said? He said, tell the people, I'm going to work here today. I'm going to show my glory and my power here today. But you're going to have to get them. Can I put it in plain terms? Tell the people to hold their peace. That's not plain terms. Tell the people to shut up. I am not going to work miracles because they're whining. I'm not going to work miracles because they are crying. I love them. I care that they're crying. But I'm ready to do something. But they're going to have to quit it so I can. They're going to have to hush up. You heard me tell the story that a preacher told. It wasn't a true story, but I don't assume. But he said he, said <laughs> he was a preacher from New Orleans, Louisiana, where there's a lot of bridges and levees and, and there's a lot of streams and rivers and lakes. And this particular bridge was across a, a, a stream. And he said there was a man standing over the guardrail. car was parked down the road and looked like he was getting ready to jump. He stopped his car rural road and he said listen sir i don't know you he said but but i i just can't stand here and watch somebody destroy their life he said what in the world could be so bad that you would have no hope and give up on life itself and he said for two hours that guy sat there and told that good samaritan all of the problems that he had in his life. And when he got through, they both jumped in. You know what your flesh and mind wants to do? You know what your flesh and mind wants to do? It's up on the website. If Doug was here on Facebook, on our website, it said, if you want sympathy, God can't give you victory. If you just want people to feel, see how, as a Christian, I'm talking about a Christian with a heavenly Father and a sovereign King by the name of Jesus who is also your Savior and your sacrificed Lamb who has given us exceeding great and precious promises. And the Bible tells us to follow them 
who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And the Bible tells us what happens when that happens. Through faith, they obtained promises. What, it, what, ha, what would happen if we started obtaining all that God has promised? You say, well, I don't know if it's His will. Well, if He promised it, He's purposed it first. Come on, let's don't make the will of God some mystical, far out, beyond comprehension thing. If He's purposed it, He promised it. He wouldn't have promised it if He didn't purpose it. That's why I love to find a promise and say, Lord, I, I want that right. I need that right there right now. Amen? I need that right there right now. That's, that will address what I need right now. And I see it in Your Word. Oh, I don't want to ever explain away what God has plainly put in His Word. Because faith comes when God speaks through His Word by His Spirit to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And you can hear it in your spirit when you read it. But you can hear it even better when it's preached and proclaimed just like it's written in the Bible. Can you say amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you want me to deal with political issues, you're in the wrong church. You'll have to go somewhere else to hear that. If you want me to deal with social issues, you're in the wrong church. If you're here with cancer today, you don't need some social program. You need a, a miracle from God. I am healed of leukemia because my daddy and mommy took me to a church where they were focusing on Jesus, where they believed that He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the only thing I ever heard. It's the only thing I was ever taught. And I'm so glad I didn't hear anything else, wasn't taught anything else, because I, they had the faith to take me for prayer, but I had the faith to receive it. Hallelujah. I sat in old Robert's tents. I saw miracles. I sat in A. E. Allen's tent. I saw miracles. I sat in Jack Coe's tent, and I saw miracles. Amen. I pre listen. I was eight years old, and I had no reason to doubt that Jesus was the same. Whatever He did on the sandy shores of Galilee, He would do right here in Tampa, Florida. And whatever He's done for anybody, He would do it for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I wasn't a graduate from a cemetery. I mean seminaries. Pardon me. Sometimes I get it mixed up. Did you know there are Bible professors teaching people to preach that do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus? There are Bible professors that believe that the days of miracles are over. They could never teach on prayer. Because a miracle in the simplest explanation for a miracle... In Webster is a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. If God answers the prayer for that building fund to come in, He has to work a miracle to do it. And I'm going to tell you something. You are more important to God than any building that can ever be built because your body is the temple. He said, I, you can build the building. He said it to ancient Israel. He said, you can build that building. He said, but where's a building you'll build that will turn my head that's good enough for me, great enough for me, able to contain me. He said, the heavens are my throne and the earth 
is my footstool. Where's the house you'll build to me? A lot of people building and building and building and building. They say it's for the glory of God. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, he has decided not to live in buildings that man can build. Amen. They built a temple that would knock your eye out. But God was not impressed with the temple itself. But when they began to worship Him, Amen, and the singers begin to sing, and the priests begin to sing, and they that played instruments begin to play. When the sound of the priest, and the sound of the singers, and the sound of the, the musicians became, and the sound of the people became as one sound unto God, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests were not able to minister by reason of the glory. Can you say amen? I've seen the glory come on a person and then fall down like somebody hit them in the head with a baseball bat. I've seen the glory come in a church where several people were just slain in the Spirit. Can you say amen? What is being slain in the Spirit? It's when the glory of God is in manifestation. And you're standing in the presence of the manifest presence of a holy God and you can't hardly stand it. Hallelujah. And it's not just Pentecostals that have encountered that glory with some predisposition toward that power encounter. D.L. Moody preached the gospel all over the world. God surely must have anointed him. And D.L. Moody was beginning to build what is now Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois, sending missionaries to the world. D.L. Moody saw what he was building for God burn in the great Chicago fire. It all became ashes. People working with him said, D.L., how are we going to rebuild this? You're going to have to go out and raise funds. You're going to have to go out and, and, and do whatever you need to do to try to get people to reinvest so we can rebuild. He said, I can't do that. He said, I can't do that. God didn't call me to go out and raise funds. He called me to preach Christ and to preach the gospel. Isn't that refreshing to hear? Especially in this day. But he closed himself away in prayer. Closed himself away in prayer. And this is what D.L. Moody said. He said in his own personal writings and journals, he said, the power and presence of God came on me so strong, I had to ask him to stay his hand. <laughs> There's not too many of us, even in the Pentecostal circuit, asking God to stay his hand. We were asking for some more. Amen. It's pretty dry out there when you've got the buildings, you've got the spectacular presentations, you've got the choir that sings like angels, and the steeple so tall it interferes with satellites circling the earth. When you've got all those things going for you, ain't nobody praying, stay thy hand lest I perish because the power and presence of God. Because we got what we were after, and that is the prestige, the recognition, the success symbol church, and the success-oriented preacher. Can you say amen? Honey, I'm going to tell you something. I will never give up on revival. If I give up on revival, you won't have to fire me. I'll quit. Amen. I do not want to preach without any potential for anybody getting revived. You know, it'd be like a doctor that, that never saves anybody. You know, it can make you want to quit the profession. Amen. Amen. 
Dr. Dunn killed all and healed none. Amen. It would be a terrible way to go into the profession. Not believing that... How many believe it ought to be more than money that motivates a doctor? He's going to make the money because it costs so much. But, but he, that shouldn't be his motivation. He's supposed to take a... What do they call it? What's the proper term? The Hippocrates, the... Yeah, yeah, not the Hippocratic oath, not the hypocritical oath, but you know what I'm saying. Amen. He's supposed to take an oath. He's supposed to be a healer helping people. <laughs> but don't you show up in the emergency room without something to assure you're going to pay him. A young black man in near Chicago, Philadelphia. Oh, by the way, Philadelphia, word in the Bible City of brotherly love, fellows, brotherly love. Oh, you better be careful in Philadelphia. Can you say, man? He went, come on, everybody pack it in Philadelphia. You want love? I'll give you love. Amen. Listen, he went to the doctor with an abscess, went to the emergency room, 32 years old with a child. He went to the emergency room with an abscess tooth. He needed that big shot of antibiotics, and then he needed to continue on antibiotics to get rid of the infection. The pain was so bad, he went in to the emergency room. They gave him something for the pain right there, not a prescription. They gave him a shot, and they sent him home because he had no insurance. This was last year that this occurred. He went home. He laid down in the bed, and the fever came. He'd done been to the hospital. They told him, you see your family doctor. Well, he didn't have a family doctor. You know, it's an amazing what we can spend money on in America. And I'm not a socialist, don't get me wrong. But listen, it is amazing what we can and do spend money on. And what we don't in America. One of the richest nations in the world. And he's laying there not knowing that the infection is spreading from his gums to his bloodstream. And now it's going into his body. And it got to his heart. And when he finally went back to the hospital, because they didn't give him a prescription. And he didn't have the money he didn't have the money. M-O-N-E-Y. And see this oath to help people. Who's in it to really help people? Amen. Who's in it? What health care industry really cares about people? What insurance company cares about you? Amen. You're in good hands with Allstate. Honey, you... You miss one payment, you won't be in all states' hands no more. They'll drop you like a hot potato. Amen. It's all right to have insurance, but don't think they love you. Don't think they care about you. Insurance salesmen will come to your house and say, I'm concerned about what's going to happen when you croak. Amen. Amen. I'm deeply concerned about your family. I don't know what she's going to do. And Lord knows she spend money like going... No, I'm just kidding. Cherie, we love you. We love you, Cherie. Amen. Even your kids. 
You think they love you because your grandpa, your grandmother. I'll never forget the true story that was told of kids visiting their grandpa, lived on a farm. He had horses, and they loved to ride those horses. Let's go to grandpa's house. We're going to ride some horses. We're going to have some fun. Eight-year-old boy, nine-year-old girl going to grandpa's house. And they get out walking with grandpa. And grandpa's getting up in years. And I'm a great-grandpa, so I know about all that stuff. Getting up in years. <laughs> Little boy, eight years old, says, Grandpa, Grandpa, we love to ride horses. He said, Grandpa, let me ask you something. Can you make a noise like a frog? He said, what? He said, can you make a noise like a frog? He said, well, I guess I could. Why? He said, because Daddy said when you croak, we can have a horse. Listen, nobody, 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 it's a shame. Nobody loves you like Jesus. Nobody cares about you like He does. Nobody loves you like God does. And God wants to lift you up. And God wants to set you forth. You know what I am today? I'm a trophy of God's grace. I'm a trophy of God's mercy. I just, I just heard a testimony from Joyce Meyer. And since we're, we're mostly adult in here and I can, I can cloud it enough. And she, she was abused 200 times growing up. She did the math, counted how many times per day and how many, 200 times. 200 times. She was threatened. Her mom would ask her to go to the store with her to get groceries. And she was threatened by her dad. Her dad made her. Tell her mama no, so that he could have her alone to himself. He exposed himself to her on a regular basis. And she lived with that. All her growing up life, she never knew the love, the protection, the care of her father. She knew only the abuse of her father. On top of that, he was a drunkard and he, he beat the mother. That's all she ever knew. She has every reason to be toe up from the flow up, messed up. But she looked to God. And God can heal. There's no heaven has. There's a song out that says earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. And I'm going to declare that today. Not only is God big enough. But He's good enough. Not only is He great enough, He's gracious enough. He has the power, and not only does He have the power, He has the knowledge. He knows where you're hurt, and He knows exactly what to do to fix it. Can you say man? And He's a master of restoration. You don't have to let the past determine your future. You don't have to let the past hold you back. In fact, you can forget the things that are where... As far as God is concerned, it's up to you to leave them there. But you've got to let go of it. I, I, my granddaughter sung Let It Go. Lord, Frozen, the Disney movie that made so much money. There's a song in there that says what? Somebody got it. Let it go. Do you know the song? Do you know it? Let it go. Let it go. 
Let it go. Let it go. Somebody said, Brother Rumble, you don't know what I've been through. Well, if you'd let it go, you wouldn't know what you've been through. For, you know, come on, get in the Word with me. Forgetting, 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 forgive and forget the things that are behind so you can reach forth to the things that are before. Can you say amen? And press for the... Toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. You are called to a high heavenly calling. Hallelujah. Woo! To become more like Him. To represent Him as a holy ambassador. Ambassadors of Jesus are not suffering saints blaming the devil and people. Wanting sympathy when God offers victory. Amen? Wanting pity when God offers us peace. You need to know there's someone that suffered worse than you and looked to God and found victory in Jesus. You need to know someone's been hurt worse than you. And they've looked to Jesus and God brought them out. As David said, He lifted me. It's always Him doing it, isn't it? We're not doing it by our faith, but our trust in Him. And His faithfulness. He lifted me from the miry clay. There are places in life you can't extract yourself from. But there's no place that He can't pull you out of. No place. No place. No place. I got a song I'm going to bring some Sunday. I got that Kentucky thing you got me. Remind me of my roots. That song you just heard from Jeremiah Yoakam. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. He's from Kentucky. That church was in Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky. Hey, man, I'm a transplanted hillbilly. And that's okay. I don't mind a bit being called hillbilly. Amen. I was born in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. He's been there on vacation. Why he would go there, I have no earthly idea. He must have been on his way somewhere else. <laughs> Amen. And stopped over. Is that correct? That is correct. I knew it was. Because there's no big deal about where I was born. But oh, God is a big deal. The circumstances of my birth was a big deal. Because I was turned wrong in the womb. And the doctor came to my daddy and said, Bob, we can save the child. And put your, but your wife will be in jeopardy. If we have a C-section right now, we can save the child, but your wife will be in jeopardy. We can let her have the child who will be stillborn, but your wife will be okay. He went and talked to my mama, and they came to a decision. She said, honey, you, you're the one with the prayer life. You're the one that knows God, whatever you say. He said, I went in the bathroom in that hospital in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. And he said, I said, Lord, whatever this child is, male, female, if you'll let this child be okay and let my wife be okay, he said, I'll give this child to you right now, right now, right here and right now. This will be your child. Amen. Listen, you start making those kind of covenants with God, God will get dead serious with you. Can you say amen? I know you're wondering if I made it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to keep you guessing much longer. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
she had to, it was cesarean, could have no more children after me because of her female organs and different issues. I was the only child, but I was a child and I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I didn't know about what my dad did. I didn't know what they did. I didn't know about a covenant with God, but I knew, I knew that I knew Miss Branch in the first grade. She called my parents in. Well, the only reason I knew that parents were called in back then is because something was wrong with your kid and the teacher wanted you on her side or his side to help straighten them out. And I thought, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? I'm trying to be a good student. I'm trying to obey the rules. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm not, I'm not all that, you know, uh, scholastic in my head, but I'm trying and doing pretty good, making B, B, a B for me is an A+. Plus. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta you gotta consider all things considered. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm one of the taller venables. I'm fighting the gene pool here. <laughs> Praise God. Get a family gathering, looks like you're at a bowling alley. We all look like bowling pins. Anyway, God is good. They came in and I listened. I was sitting over there listening in. I wanted to hear what my first grade teacher said to my mom and my daddy. And my first grade teacher said to my mom and my dad, said, listen, she said, I teach children. Children come and go and they come and go and they come and go. So there's something different about your son. And then she said something you'll probably rarely ever hear a teacher say again. Some maybe in, in confidence will say it. I believe that God has his hand on your son. Wow, where did she get that from? Huh? Where did she get that from? Amen. Well, Christians have something that the world don't have access to. Holy Spirit, can you say amen? And he divulged to her that I belong to God from the womb for his purpose. I'd accept Christ as my Savior, but God was in covenant with my daddy for me. And of course, when I became, when they divorced when I was 12, I ran from God. I ran away. I became rebellious. I was, I'll show you how rebellious. Somebody say, how rebellious were you? Thank you. Now I can tell you. I was so rebellious. I was so rebellious that the dean of girls called my wife into the office and told my wife, I hear that you are going with Robert Venable. She said, that's right, because I'd given her a ring. Well, she's wearing my ring around your neck. You know, you know, I give her my ring. So that tell the world you're mine by heck. I can say heck in church, can I? And still say thanks for, oh, okay. It's, uh, sort of, okay. So Pamela wearing my ring. And a deeply concerned dean of girls called her in. And said, you need to stay away from that young man. He is, God, he's full of rebellion. He's going to end up, back then I had, by the way, I was in junior high school with a BSA motorcycle. Simulated, I couldn't afford leather. Simulated black leather jacket with zippers all over it. I, 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 it was what? Pleather, yeah. I think it was pleather. But come on, when you're in junior high school and you're riding a motorcycle, blowing smoke out all of my stacks. 
<laughs> I ride up there, boy. Everybody else had Cushman scooters, and I come up on a BSA motorcycle. And of course, you got to rev it up to get people to look at you, because if they don't look at you, you know, I mean, what's it all about if they don't look at you? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I remember, I remember my pulling up one time, and I would rev it up before I would cut it off. You can do that to get fuel out of the fuel line after you cut the fuel line off if you've, if you've got a drippy fuel line and a hot motorcycle. I, I rode up, supposed to turn off the fuel line and then rev it up to get it out. Well, I was so busy looking back to see if anybody was looking back at me, amen, that I revved it up and reached down to turn my fuel line off while revving it up. You know what I grabbed hold of? While looking to see if anybody's looking at me, I grabbed hold of the head of the, it was a single cylinder fuel line right over here. I reached right down and grabbed the head of the spark plug sitting in that cylinder. It was, so, it was a 1955 BSA. And, and, and it, you know, that little, little rubber that covers it and insulates it, it had rotted away. It just a little prong sticking there. And I grabbed hold of that thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. My, I could feel my hair jump up all over my body, my arms, my hair. My, I, I would, And then everybody looked, what in the world is wrong with that white boy? Can you say, man, he's gone crazy. I didn't get what I wanted out of that little deal. Then they started laughing at me because they thought he's so crazy. I wasn't crazy. I was shocked and rocked. I mean, it's the last time I ever did that. But she said, stay away from him. He's going to be in jail. He's going to be, he's, he's, he's going to be in trouble. He's going to get you in trouble. And, and stay away from him. Stay away from him. He's full of rebellion. I was bitter, full of rebellion, but God's hand was still on me. God's hand was still on me. God's hand was still on me. Hallelujah. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That doesn't mean you can't repent if you don't follow through. It means He doesn't change His mind about calling you. When Peter flubbed up so bad, you would ask, Lord, did you really call him? Can you say, man, yeah, he did. And he didn't take the call back. He just began to work with the fouled up man. Hallelujah. And when that man fell in love with Jesus, he became another man. It wasn't just the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the person that he began to love more than himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you can't do this anymore, but she was coming down Kingsway. Brandon, three teenage girls had missed the bus. We're married at this time, preaching the gospel. She picked up those three girls. And the lady who was the dean of girls in our junior high school now had become a principal of a school. And these girls knew her as the principal and she said, uh, where do you go to school? And the conversation went and said, do you know so-and-so? said, oh, yeah, she's the principal of so-and-so. And said, well, would you tell her something for me? said, my husband is Robert Venable. 
tell them that Pamela Ann Parker married that guy she said to stay away from. And he is a pastor and a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Just so that she'll know. Someone said, amen, that you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. God can do anything he wants to do. But you have to surrender. I had to surrender. I had to come to Him. He, he, he narrowed my life down to where, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of choices left. And I'm so glad I chose to come to know Jesus as my Savior. But the day that I did, then I'm, then I'm down. I can't talk. I'm introverted. I'm, I'm scared of people. I could never give a speech. I could never give an oral book report. Made me sick to my stomach. Throwing up sick, literally. Last person in the world to do what I'm doing today. Amen. I remember going down to Waimama to a camp meeting just with my daddy to see people coming to the Lord. They called people to the Lord. Then they asked people to come and pray with them. And I went down and put my hand on somebody's back and just said, Lord, I thank you for my brother here today. I thank you he's given his life to you. I thank you for saving me, and I'm doing it under my breath. There's a lot of people down there. Nobody's looking at me. And suddenly... Suddenly, because I just began to get an opportunity to speak and to preach, and suddenly the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to strengthen thy voice. It wasn't audible, but it was clearer than if it was over a loudspeaker. It was in my spirit. And I jumped up to see who was talking to me, and I realized God's talking to me. God is talking to me. And it wasn't just giving me a voice that is deep and dramatic where I can talk about God. When he strengthened my voice, it meant the anointing was going to be added to my appointing to serve him. Amen. And the anointing comes, and I, I don't know if you can tell when it kicks in, but I can tell when it kicks in. And, and you know something? That's when, that's when I get lost in the Lord. I, I don't know what time it is. Y'all will have to remind me. I put that clock up there because the other one went bad. Out of mercy for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we're getting ready to close right now. But I'm going to tell you, the hand of the Lord on your life is a mighty thing. And when you discover His faithfulness, and you don't want sympathy anymore, you really want victory. Amen. You don't want somebody to feel sorry for you. You want somebody to know your God is the true and the living God. And He is faithful. And He is on the throne. And He is on the job. And He loves His sheep. And He cares for them. The shepherd is always judged by the condition of His sheep. Can you say amen? If they have been, if many of them have been taken by the wolves and the lions and the bears, if their wool is matted and, and, and needs shearing and haven't been shorn and, and they, it's full of all kinds of junk, if they are sick and their eyes are running, amen, and they, they've got infections in their eyes and they're wandering around vulnerable to predators, then they don't have a good shepherd. Amen. But if the sheep are well kept, I saw a sign the other day, amen, and it said, you, E-W-E, female sheep, use, not fat. Use, just fluffy. Can you say amen? That was kind of nice.
Amen. If God's people are spiritually fat and fluffy, well cared for, representing a good and gracious God, God is glorified. Ever since I found out that it is, it, He wants to do good in my life that He might be glorified. That's why He said in Psalm 50 and verse 15, And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. Thou shalt glorify me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm here today. Delivered so I can bring glory to Him. Hallelujah. And everything I face that He delivers me from and takes me through brings glory and honor to His name and gives hope to others. You say, well, Brother Venable, you've got great faith. No, I've got a great Father who is faithful. And so do you. Somebody told me recently after God delivered me from something that could have killed me. They said to me, you must have the gift of faith. If I do, I don't know it. In other words, you got the gift of faith. I don't, so don't expect me to trust God like you trust God. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. The devil is so afraid that you will trust God. He's so afraid that you will get victory instead of just continually want more sympathy. When they murmured wanting sympathy in the wilderness, what happened? Not only didn't God, they tied God's hands, but it opened the door to the enemy to try to hurt them. Let's get serious after a while. My flesh and yours want sympathy. If I hit my thumb with a hammer so hard it tears off half my thumbnail and it blood spurts. You know what's the first thought that comes to my mind? Boy, I don't want Pamela to see this. You see how bad I'm hurting? No blood. No, I messed up. And I'm going to go wash this off, put a Band-Aid. No, I'm going to hold it up like that. I'm working so it don't matter about my shirt. Probably sleeveless anyway. I'm going to let that blood. I, I don't want to take too much off till Pamela sees it. I said it and I, I turned over your your laughter bucket. I just got the boo boo. I, I want initially I want her sympathy. But did you know something? Sympathy ain't gonna keep it from getting infected. Sympathy ain't gonna get it to heal up. But if she'll put peroxide on it, alcohol, whee! Ah, hallelujah. Whatever to kill the germs that might be in it. Wrap it up with a good gauze. Amen. Amen. And give me sympathy. Initially, I want sympathy. But I want it fixed. I want it healed. I don't want it to get infected. I don't want to lose my thumb. I mean, I can pick my nose with my fingers, but there's other things your thumb is important to. Can you say amen? Not that I do. I know you don't, dear Lord. <laughs> so you know what I've seen among God's people? We pray without believing. Because we have not built our faith in His faithfulness enough to believe when we pray. We don't trust Him enough. We have to pray and see what 
happens. And Jesus said that's not how it works. When you pray, when you pray, say it with me, when you pray, when you pray, Mark eleven twenty four, it says, therefore I say unto you, who's saying this? Is this me or is this Christ? Is this what Jesus taught? Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. And then you, and you shall what? You shall have them. Can you see why faith comes by hearing from the Word of God? Because Jesus don't apologize for anything He says. He said, the ball now is not in my court. The ball's in your court. Whatsoever things you ask in prayer, you shall receive. No, whatsoever things you ask in prayer, believing. When are you to believe? When am I to believe? When I pray. If I believe when I pray, I start thinking differently than I did before I prayed. I'm not waiting to see anymore. God took me back to this in memory not too long ago. My son had Matthew. He's the youngest. He's 43. He had a... 10 years between him and my oldest, who's 53, he, he got warts all over his arms. He's maybe 10 or 11 years old, and kids are making fun of him. It's in the hot summertime he's wearing long sleeve shirts because they just came all over him. Now, you can get some things to kill those old warts, but it takes time. And he said, Daddy, I said, why are you wearing that long sleeve shirt hot as it is? He said, Daddy, I got warts all over my arm. I got warts all over my arm. And, and I said, well, your mama can pick up some of the drugstore. And, and, and God just spoke to me. See, if you start into this thing and you're going to be praying for people, you're going to be believing God for people and believing for anything. What did David say? He didn't jump to a giant, go from keeping sheep to a giant without proving God anywhere else. The reason he had faith to slay the giant was he said, I've slayed the lion and the bear. Now, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I had a lady tell me one time, honestly, she said, I hope a giant don't come, Pastor Venable, because I'm not slaying no lions and no bears in my life. Amen. And I, I commended her for her honesty. I said, well, you need to slay one every now and then so that you get out that faith and get it working. Because if a giant comes and you're unprepared, then who's going to win? But if you are prepared, you're going to win. Somebody's going down and it ain't going to be you. Can you say amen? Because God is faithful to those who trust Him and put their faith in Him. Amen. And I, I was telling him about Mama would get something to put on them. And, and the whole, like the Holy Spirit said, why don't you pray? You're going to be praying for people with all kinds of conditions. You can't pray over these little warts. Why don't you pray? I said, son, roll your sleeves up. I said, I'm going to pray right now. And I went to pray and I was just asking God to heal him. And he said, curse them old warts. They got, they got living cells multiplying. Curse them. I thought, what? I'm, I'm not Oral Roberts. Come on. Amen. I'm Robert Venable. But I believe you, Lord. And I just cursed those warts. I said, in the name of Jesus, you little. I called them low life. 
low life war. I remember calling them low. I didn't mean that disrespectfully to the warts. You understand. Amen. I just know they're not a very big organism. This is lions and bears. This ain't no giant. Listen, I'm going to pray for people with cancer one of these days. Amen. So let's get these warts off his arm to start with. Amen. But listen, if we can get these warts off, listen, God don't care what it is. When you pray, believe. He don't care. You don't pray a big prayer for a big thing and a little prayer for a little thing. You just pray in faith when you pray. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I said, I curse these warts in the name of Jesus Christ. You low laugh organisms, get off of my son right now in the name of Jesus. And there they were looking at me like, you know, you know how warts are. They'll defy you. Amen. First experience I had in commanding something. My son took off playing. Two days went by. I was so busy, I hardly saw him coming home from school. Third day, he come bounding in from school. Daddy, 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 daddy. I said, what? He said, look. They're gone, daddy. They're gone. And I said, woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Well, why would God move? To do on something that we could take care of some other way or something wasn't that big a deal. He moved because he wanted to teach me what I'm trying to teach you today and what Jesus taught us from the beginning. Can you say, man, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven? You're not sitting down here, the victim of the devil, the victim of a fallen world, without somebody in your corner. Can you say, man, there's a God of glory that sits on the circle of of the earth who is in love with you and he's in love with me hallelujah hallelujah so when a lady came to our church scheduled for surgery to have most of her intestines removed that were cancerous and have a colostomy and a bag put on her side she came from zephyr hills to our ministry. You know why she came to our ministry? Because we had one of the biggest and most beautiful and most prestigious churches in the city of Tampa. No, she came because she heard God was moving down in that little church in Suffering Springs. Can you say man? Hallelujah. She sat in the back, but when it came time for prayer, she came down front. We laid hands on her and we cursed the cancer like we cursed like we cursed the warts. Same God, same Jesus. <laughs> Amen. She left and we didn't hear from her for a while. And of course, you know, crowds come and go. And crowds came and went. And we were going through a went time. <laughs> and we got, a, we got a letter from Zephyr Hills, Florida. And said, Pastor, I was standing up Sunday morning giving a testimony of what God did for me in your church several months ago. And she said, I was standing up giving my testimony, and this is my testimony. I went to the doctor for the final, the final uh, x-rays, so when they go in surgically, they'll have a better idea of what they're up against. These were more conclusive than the first ones who initially diagnosed this and had the biopsy. And, and she, said, she said they went in, and they didn't believe when I told them I had had prayer 
they opened me up to take out the cancerous intestine. And she said they couldn't find any cancer. And they closed me back up. Give him another clap off. It's all about him. It's all about him. Why? What in the world, Brother Venable? What in the world? What in the world happened? Are you a world-renowned evangelist with a gift? No, I'm a preacher that knows that God is faithful. God is faithful. He is a prayer-answering God. Amen. Remember when Annette come? i got to share this in close. Remember when Annette come? Annette was living with a drug dealer who was also a drug addict. Annette was addicted to drugs. So addicted that they had health and human resources had taken her children away because she was unfit to care for them. She came to church after who she was living with was arrested, as I understood it. And she didn't have the money to feed the addiction that had grown because when there's plenty of drugs around, the addiction grows and grows and you need more and more. She was contemplating to her sister suicide. She said, her sister said, before you do anything, come to church with me. We preached the gospel with power. Amen. On a Sunday morning, yes, the power of God was present. The anointing breaks, that breaks yokes was present. She came down for prayer. During this time of addiction, she had also been diagnosed with cancer in the female organs. We laid hands on her to be delivered. First she came for salvation. And she got gloriously saved. God transformed her life. But then she came back for healing and, and deliverance. And God gloriously delivered the child that he had just saved. She told me this. And since she's alive and well today. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. She went, she went, after prayer, she went down to the ladies' bathroom. She said, I passed that cancer. It's gone. And went back to the doctor and the doctor verified it delivered from addiction the tampa tribune did a piece on her some years ago and made her mad as an old wet hen because they interviewed her for one hour and she told them what god had done in her life and they left out all of what god done and presented her as a person who came up out of the worst places in life and became something because she had become a receptionist for some professional and had got her children back and they interviewed for an hour and she testified about jesus the whole hour and they didn't put one thing about god or jesus in the tampa tribune but i'm here to give you the rest of the story can you say man hallelujah god is a savior god is a healer god is a a deliverer today he hasn't changed the church has changed we changed but jesus is the same yesterday today and he will be forever and he wants us to get in the word enough that we we know god well enough through the word you don't know him through goose pimples you don't know him through liver shivers you don't know a person while pursuing power you only know the person by getting to know Him as the Word declares it. 
And as Jesus modeled him, Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the unseen. You've seen the invisible. God is a spirit, but you've seen him when you see me. Hallelujah. Because my words are not mine, but what I hear him say. And my deeds are not mine. My works are not mine, but what I see him do. So everything he said and did is showing us the Father in all of his perfection, his love, and his beauty. And His faithfulness. His faithfulness. His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's one thing to talk about this. It's another thing to walk it and live it out in your daily life. God is a victor today. He doesn't want you to be a victim representing His victory. He wants to grant you a victory because He loves you today. And he wants you to trust him enough so he can. Because they that come to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That she was dead. The paramedic said she was dead. And we pray and we all come down and start praying. She come back. You were there. You've seen it. See, this thing is verifiable. Praise God. People were there. They saw it happen. Lady came down. My wife and I, we were praying for people. She was standing behind me. We were just praying together. Lady came down with a baby that was breached, turned exactly the wrong way, going to have to have a C-section, come for prayer. We laid hands on her. And I told my wife, I said, did you see that? And my wife said, I did. I said, what did you see? See, you've got to learn these things. You don't just... What did you say? She said, I saw that baby turn just like that, right where it needs to be. I said, I saw it too. But I didn't see... Come on, like Superman, he got an x-ray vision. Come on, he could look inside your womb. Not your womb. I mean, he could look inside your womb. Amen? You don't have one. He could, he, he could look for your womb and say, he ain't got no womb. Amen? But when you see it in the Spirit... It's what's happening in the spirit, but it's happening physically to the woman. We both saw it without seeing it, but we saw it by faith. And faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Lady, come back to church. Lady, come back to church and said, listen, I had a beautiful baby and they didn't have to do a C-section. Well, we saw it. We saw God turn it around. Praise God. Amen. Listen, this, this day that we're living in, when we're so self-sufficient, we're so self-confident, we're so efficient, by the time we get into a position that only God can help us, we don't have any faith to trust Him to help us. I encourage people, get in church where somebody is getting prayers answered. Get in a church where somebody is declaring the gospel, not debating it. Come on, don't go for the choir. Don't go for the building. Go for the Word of God. Faith comes. Hallelujah, by hearing. And not hearing some vague message, apologizing for everything God said in His Word. Somebody called me the other day, the other night. Got a disease that will slowly devastate and destroy if it's not healed. Doctors can only do so much. So a person goes to their pastor 
for prayer. Since miracles are not occurring, prayers are not being answered, here's, here's the way it came down. Spent an hour on the phone trying to just build some faith to believe, not give up hope. But here was the answer. This is in a church that is known as a Pentecostal church, but Pentecost ain't what it used to be. Amen. Sign over the door don't represent what it used to represent. So, pastor says, I believe that God gave this to you to teach you something. Wait a minute. I said, I'm not going to get between you and your pastor, but I'm not going to let anybody say that God is the one that initiated this disease that's going to slowly debilitate and destroy you. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, not even a shadow of turning. Hallelujah. God don't change. You can count on Him. Beretta said you can take that to the bank. Can you say amen? Put it in there. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I said, but I can't agree with that. She said, I understand what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I said, listen, if you need help from God, and certainly you need His healing touch in your body, amen, you've got to, you've got to bypass that statement. I said, I do not believe that can be biblically supported. Amen. But I said, listen, pastors want to fix it. They want to make us feel better. They want to give us something to give us, make us feel better. But it don't make me feel better to know that I'm in anything that God can't deliver me from. Can you say, man, it don't make me feel better. I told her what R.W. Shambach said one time. Said, you really believe that God is making you sick? It's will for you to be sick? And you're, He gave you that cancer? And you're going for chemotherapy? He gave it to you and you're trying to get a doctor to get rid of it? Well, why don't you just tell the doctor, forget about it. If you really believe God gave it to you, why don't you just go ahead and let it eat you up? You can't have it both ways. It's got to stop somewhere. It's got, we've got to raise our vision from people and from man and let God be true and every man become the liar, even the pastor. If he contradicts the Word of God. Get so much of the Word in you, you can check me out. Hallelujah. And get victory. Thanks be unto God, which gives us what? The sympathy. Oh, I wish I could help you, but I can't. You know how I am. I'm so fickle. I'm so... Oh, you call on me. I hear you call, and I sympathize with you. Uh, they even wrote a song about that sympathy. Standing somewhere in the shadows. Oh, he's not. Where'd you get that? You can't get that. He ain't in the shadows. He's in you. Amen. He's standing in the shadows. He's over there sympathizing with you. I ain't nowhere near you. You're in awful shape, and I can't hardly stand to look at you in that shape. It's hurting me so bad to see you in that shape. But I'm some, don't take comfort in this. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. No, you won't. In Him, there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. 
in him is light. And the light was the life. Life was the light of men. Praise God. I just want you to know today that God wants your faith to grow. God wants your faith to grow because God wants you to know Him personally, intimately, enough to trust Him exclusively. Glory be to God. You can do a lot more than pray after you pray, but you can't do any more than pray until you pray. If you're a Christian, God needs to be foremost. Then if He uses a doctor, if He uses anything, He uses people. You know, some people wouldn't go to a doctor in the name of faith, but here's what they would do. If someone wrote them a check for $100,000, they wouldn't say, I can't receive that. That would be a lack of faith. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Same people. Amen. Don't believe in miracles, but somebody writes a $100,000 check for the building fund, they'll gladly receive it. This wasn't true, I don't think. But it was illustrating how we vacillate between faith and what we want to interpret things. God walks into a huge church in Houston, Texas. Mega church. Mega bills. Mega budget. That goes with it. He walks in. He said, I own oil wells. And I'd like to write a check. No, first he said, I want to see the pastor. I want to see the head hog what in charge. I want to see the boss hog. He's Texan. And she said, sir, we do not disrespect our pastor by calling him a hog. You know, he didn't mean he was a pig. He just meant head hog what in charge. You know, the head hog, the head honcho. My son never did get that right. My youngest son, he says the head poncho. And I don't know if that's a Mexican thing or what. But anyway, got to have a long talk with him. <laughs> he said, well, I'm sorry I meant no disrespect. I was going to write a $100,000 tithe check to this ministry. She said, wait a minute. Here comes the big fat pig right now. $100,000, you're not worried about whether they call you reverend or, you know. Come on, get that check. Hallelujah. Amen. Friend of mine, I love you today. I would love to see you walk out of here with not just a smile. I'd love to see you walk out of here with victory, with hope in your heart, to know that God is in your life and God is on the throne and keep finding more out about Him and get around people that don't just want sympathy. Get around somebody who is pursuing victory. And if you don't want it for yourself, do it for the glory of God. I found out this would get me more prayers answered than any other kind of praying I could pray. Lord, I don't want it so I can sit and watch television without pain. I want to be healed so I can bring glory to you. So someone else that is in the trouble I was in, amen, can have hope because they see what you've done for me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I, I am I am literally, Brother Taylor, i got to watch who I hang out with. I, I, I go 
to preachers' meetings, and there's a lot of preachers these days that don't have faith to believe for themselves or for anybody else. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I will not concede, amen, that Jesus has changed. I will not concede that God has changed. We have changed. The church world has changed, but God is from everlasting to everlasting, He's God. He's the Lord God of Israel. And He changes not. And He tells us to meddle not with them that are given to change. Right. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. So what happened when faith developed? Hebrews chapter 11 said, Through faith they obtained promises. Out, once that begins to occur, here's what follows. It's all in one sentence. Through faith, they obtained promises. Out of weakness, were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight and put the armies of the aliens to flight. And where did it all begin? Weak people. They put their trust in God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. People just like you and just like me. Glory to God. So what do you look for in church and in a church? Are you looking for the programs to entertain you? Are you looking for the choir to thrill you emotionally? Amen. What are you looking for in a church? Are you looking for the prestige? We had a man stay with us as our Sunday school superintendent for about three years. He heard a tape. He heard the word, anointed. And he came to church because of that tape. And he drug his wife along with him out of a prestigious Pentecostal organization. Guess what their friends did? Where do you go to church? We go down to Sulphur Springs to that church down there. You mentioned pride keeping some people. It won't just keep you away from a humble church or a church that's not up to the level of where you can maintain your prestige. It'll keep you away from God Himself. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Can you say amen? Listen to me carefully. So many people are looking for the wrong thing out of their church experience and worship experience. I want to I be around a preacher that's got some victory. I want to be around a preacher who's been through what I'm going through and God brought him through. Because I figure he knows how to get through. I don't want somebody that's never been through to try to tell me how to get through. I want somebody that's been down there and knows that God will pull you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody that has faith in God too. It's one of my requirements. I want somebody that has faith in God. I don't want somebody to whine about the offering. I don't want somebody to, to talk like God's out of business and, 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 and we're going to go out of business. No, I want somebody to say God is in business. <laughs> and in fact, I want somebody to say, amen, that, that victory is my business. And victory and business is good. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That's me. That's what I look for. I told a group of preachers the other day, I said, I do not want a man to drive up in the parking lot with his car smoking because the engine has been pushed by hitting something. So the radiator has been pushed into the engine and the front headlight is bent down and cut the tire off and he's driving on the rim because he hit something else with that. The door is sprung on the driver's side until he can't get out. He has to climb over and come out the passenger side. Amen. To hold me a seminar on safe driving. 
before I listen to anything, anybody, and I'm talking about anybody, has to say. I don't care if they're on television. Don't matter to me if they're on satellite TV. Don't matter to me if they're, they're you know, it just don't matter to me. I want to know that that life has been somewhere. And that God, they, whatever they're teaching, whatever they're preaching, I'm not talking about the ring and the watch and the mansion and the Bentley. I'm talking about the victory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm talking about the God who heals, the God who helps, the God who delivers, the God who sets free. What have you been through? And how did you get through? And, and isn't God good that brought you through? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody give, a, give Him praise. Stand up and give Him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, let's stand up and give Him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 I believe with all of my heart that we're living in a day that God wants to bring a revival to the church of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason, Brother Taylor, that I have any reason to go on and go forward and not just say, listen, I've got a good track record. We've got a lot of people saved, a lot of people baptized after they got saved. Hallelujah. We've married a lot of people. We've buried a lot of people. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've been, we've been in ministry for 43 years, and I didn't run off with the pianist. So I feel pretty victorious today. I mean, Mike is a very nice guy, but you understand. <laughs> Amen. No, nothing against Mike. He is our pianist, by the way. And oh, today, this is a whole different day, but you know what I'm saying. Our marriage has survived for 54 years in May. 54 years. Of all the pressures, criticisms, divisions, everything hell could throw at us. But we stand in unity in Christ. Hallelujah. We love Jesus around my house. Hallelujah. Praise God. And me, I'm so glad to say me and my, my son loves Jesus too. He's, I guess autistic would apply to him in some sense. But he's in his 40s, but he loves the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good to me and to my family. And I can declare unto you today that it's not because I'm a, anything great or special any more than any of you, but all of you are great and special because Jesus died for you and made you a generation of kings and priests unto God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want to teach and preach and give the life experiences that I've had before I go home. I want to leave a legacy to somebody that will take it and run with it. Can you say man? And there's some people right in this room that have been going through things. And I declare unto you that God is going to see you through it. And I declare unto you by the authority of God's word and in the name of Jesus. That he's going to turn your test into a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it came... With suicidal thoughts, she left with hope in Christ. She came with cancer, and she left healed. She came lost, but she left saved and sealed with the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And if nothing else occurred, it would have been worth leaving my career with Tampa Electric, which I did. 
selling my property, everything we had to this world to come and live in a, a parsonage that finally became condemned and we had to tear it down. And we were kind of glad to see it go. <laughs> Amen. Because it was in bad shape. Moved in a double-wide mobile home, 50 by 24, and thought we had died and went to heaven. Hallelujah. This must be heaven. It was so beautiful from where we lived. I mean, we had a bathroom that flushed at one time and everything went down. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. If you had one of the other kinds, you know what I'm talking about. There's reason. Oh, you see, that's why the proud people won't come here. Yes, it's beneath their dignity. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Honey, I'll go anywhere where somebody will preach victory, where somebody will live victory and give me the hope of victory in my life. Put up a canvas tent and put sawdust on the floor, and I'll show up. Amen. You can't build a building to entice me. A choir can't sing pretty enough to entice me. Give me somewhere where the anointing is flowing. Because the anointing still breaks the yoke.